Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. We're a bunch of mega fans giving you the news discussion and, of course, a whole lot of opinions about Brandon's works on the Cosmere. I'm Eric, and joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm your writer. Also joining us, eating ice cream, is Evgeny. Hi, um, my name's Argent, and I have a Hoyd card. That is not how I imagined cream. Hoyd at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well it's like. it's the no well it's the era one informant hoyd uh who is a short bald man with a oh, pipe oh mm. oh from house war that yeah. that one yeah. yeah yeah okay well so the card is from house war yeah, but yeah, the, right. the image yep. is con- somewhat canonical yep yeah and that's one of the things you can get from brennan if you meet him it's not included in the base game mm-hmm. oh yep oh neat and also we got marvin hi i'm paleo it's definitely not really late for you right now right oh it's fine it's only 10 p.m oh okay that's not so bad yeah it's eu time frames that's weird all right (laughs) uh and i'm chaos and what we're gonna do we're gonna do more wobs from 2020 uh we're we're moving along uh we we talked about a lot of villains last time we also talked about the don shard prologue last time so hopefully this should go a little faster so i don't know we're, we're we're cruising along and honestly we're not that far away from rhythm of war guys we're not that far <laughs> really just I, i'm just like counting the amount of podcasts it's not that many <laughs> until then mm-hmm. so this is another word to brandon from the live streams yep and i'm glad we cut the last episode where we did <laughs> that means i get to read this one i know you're very excited my about favorite it. one as is grace grace is extremely excited about this one <laughs> questioner asks can skybreakers vow to follow a code of rules some might consider outlawish like the pirate code <laughs> are they obliged to adhere to changes in the law after their vow brandon yes and yes <laughs> yes. What you're running into with what's right happening right now, the skybreakers are under the thumb of someone who has a much more rigid interpretation of what they should do than is necessary for the order. Cough nail. Cough nail cough. Yep. <laughs> and so you could totally be a skybreaker who is not of this group. And this group would not look kindly on something like the pirate code necessarily. Though the pirate code kind of works for them because it's in international waters. So even with the current crop of skybreakers, you could probably argue the pirate code and they'd probably be okay with it. But you could have even less codes that's like, I'm going to to follow the code of the criminal underground and I'm going to follow the mafia code. (laughs) Current crop of skybreakers, that would not fly with them. But in the order in general, and the way that, that high spread work and things like that, you would totally be okay. Which is kind of dangerous, yes. But you would have to follow the code as the code changes. So that could get you into trouble also. Skypreakers, they've got an interesting way of going about all this. Hopefully all the orders do. That's one of my goals with them. I just find it hilarious that you could have like <laughs> Captain Jack Sparrow Skybreaker. That is excellent. That is quality make some fan art <laughs> so there's a character in pirates of the caribbean at world's end uh-huh specifically jack sparrow's father oh yeah mm-hmm. who is the, like the keeper of the code or something yep. and yep. freaks out whenever anybody like 
implies breaking the code. Yeah, he's he's that he's the real one who's that that mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> pirate code skybreaker. See, what I was imagining is <clears throat> a kid that's like eight years old and is <laughs> in that phase of of their life where they're so fascinated by pirates that they attract a high spren and and they become a skybreaker. So I, I guess that's- and also also they have to convince the high spread that no I can be a pirate. Follow the codes. Can you change which? Yeah. <laughs> do you like swear to if you change your mind? I think if you swear it, I think that's the thing, and I think the high spread would not be okay with yeah. you changing what you swear to. In my opinion, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess the fifth ideal, you that's- like become the law, so. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe at that stage you can, but not before, I don't think. Maybe there's some formalized way to also just go back on your oath, but then you have to redo it all. So you also lose all the benefits. So you can't just say, okay, now I'm following that code, but you actually have to, I don't think that's likely, but like we, we know that we don't know necessarily, but uh you could effectively break the bond to an extent, maybe. And then, but that wouldn't be good for you or this friend. <laughs> break my bond with this friend. Attract a yeah. different high friend. <laughs> Swear those <laughs> ideals. I don't think they would like that very much. I don't yeah, think no. the high friend would like it. Mm-hmm. But I guess this is kind of how Seth was able to swear to Dalinar. Because, like, Dalinar is not a code of laws. He's a person. Right, yeah. yeah, that's that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. He's not a code of Yeah, but there but there are provisions in like the oath system of the skybreakers for this happening. Like mm-hmm. the third ideal third third third? Third. third yeah. The third ideal is mm-hmm. about swearing to something external, right? That's yeah. Because I think the second one was to uphold the law above mm-hmm. all else, yeah. which yeah. doesn't specify a specific code. But then with the third one, you say, okay, well, this is what I'm going to follow. So, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that kind of ex- explains all of this. It's just current crop of skybreakers are, are picky on what are valid <laughs> targets for the third ideal. Yeah. I feel like we had another wob about a uh, high sprint being kind of. Uh, little little wonky well we'll talk a little more about uh skybreakers cool 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 cool. let's move on roger asks as i understand it red is a sign of corruption in the cosmere i just reread the emperor's soul and it mentions wisps of red smoke when shay tests soul stamps um to some of you that is shy yes Does to this normal mean human beings that is true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> everyone except Brandon. Um, does this mean she's corrupting Galtona's soul? Uh, and Brandon surprisingly says, Yes, that is what that means. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> corruption doesn't have to have the negative connotation, right? <laughs> Basically, it means an outside influence is changing the spiritual nature of the soul. And yeah, that's exactly what's happening right there. Now, I would call that a pretty good thing, but like all of those things where she's playing with someone's soul and changing it and changing their past and things like that, this is by Cosmere definition, corrupting someone's soul. That is expressly what that is. 
that does make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and I mean it's 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 really interesting, right? It doesn't yeah. have to be a negative thing. Corruption's not so bad. That's trail guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he no, knows some, sometimes up. it's okay. Yeah. She's not corrupting Gautona's soul. She's enlightening his soul. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Cool. Settle down. I'm going to read a long one now. Yep. That um, important one. So David and long and important one. Yeah. So David asks, how intertwined are the two halves of the Stormlight Archive? Will you read? read will you need to read the first half of uh, to know what's happening in the second half? If you read the first half, will you need to read the second half to get that sense that the story has to come to an end? Twitch Brandon says. He's, uh, I've never done something like this before. They are less intertwined than, say, Mistborn 2 and 3, but maybe equivalently intertwined to Mistborn, as Mistborn is intertwined to Mistborn 2 and 3, if that makes sense. It depends. Maybe even a little less than that, actually. I think that you are going to, uh, to want to view them as one big series of 10 books, and we are going to come to an ending, and there will be some very satisfying thing- things about it. But it's definitely going to be promise where, um, a promise there is more to come. I've never done anything quite like this. Less final than Mistborn 3, certainly. So I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think anyone would read the Wax and Wayne books without reading the first ones, but I get emails all the time from people who started with those because those are, are the ones that appeal to them. I think you could start with book six of the Stormlight Archive and it wouldn't feel strange. <laughs> okay. And uh, I think it would be harder to stop with book five if that makes sense of those two options. But it's all going to depend on your personal preference and things like that. So uh, it's an excellent question. Plus, I haven't written the fifth book yet, and that's going to inform a lot. The, these things change and morph as I'm going. Everyone, every one of them does. So who knows? I can explain better after book five is done. Wow. So <laughs> it does make sense to me. Yeah, because back half is going to have a different core cast, mm-hmm. right? Than our like yeah. Calden, Shalon, Dalinar. Like we'll probably still see them if they survive, right? Uh, but like we're gonna have Lyft be a main character, Renarin be a main character. Like the the our set of protagonists will be different. Um, mm-hmm. so less final than Hero of Ages. That makes sense. Uh, it's not gonna solve everything, but he Brandon says there's gonna be very satisfying things. You know, if there is a satisfying ending, I can sort of see how book six. You know. I mean, it really depends, right? Uh, on what <laughs> what the specifics are, right? But yeah. mm-hmm. I could imagine it's being it's maybe a little bit hard of a term. But it's a sort of a soft reset at that point. Like if you, there was something like that, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, and so it's of course beneficial to know what's happened before, but you don't technically need to know to understand the second arc it's probably like less bad than if you started on book five yeah right like book five terrible starting place book six probably strictly better right like yeah Mm -hmm. i i almost wonder if it's similar to like long running like tv shows where like every like couple of seasons like there's a season that's like okay like this is a good starting point it's like it begins like Mm -hmm. new story arcs is like and like yeah, yeah all all the stuff that happened is can just be treated as backstory and like with yeah. uh, doctor who like pretty much any time the doctor regenerates right. 
it's a good starting point. You don't necessarily need to have seen everything before it, even if that informs stuff that is happening in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to think of a book series where something like this happens. Yeah. And so I, I thought of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, which is not a great example, I don't think. <laughs> no. What is probably closer to this is, and, and I, I don't know how popular this is to people, but um, Raymond Feast's Rift War uh, saga or series, I, which is... I'm aware of it, yeah. Uh, which is a, a series of like 30 plus books, actually. Uh, but it's like... <laughs> It's like a dozen series of three to four books, and every every series in the sequence mm-hmm. is like a generation forward or half a generation forward. And so you have you have some of the old characters. Uh, so, for example, f- jumping from the first to the second, you have a prince who is now or prince as in like heir to the throne type of thing. Mm-hmm. He's now a king, and you still see him there. It's still the same person. A little bit changed, right? Because time yeah. has passed. Whatever. Those are characters that the new cast of characters interact with every now and then. They they visit them. They ask for advice. They talk about things that have happened in the past. But also, the new cast of characters have their own problems to solve and their own like character arcs and story arcs to go on. Mm-hmm. And so, I wonder if it's if it's going to be something like that. So, maybe... Let's say Kaladin is playing the role of somebody like Deft right now. So he is kind of the mm-hmm. uh, the older person. He is in some ways experienced. He's seen a lot of things, but he's not like he's no longer jumping to the forefront of the action. He's taking up mm-hmm. like a, a back role where he's more of a general, less of a soldier, I sure. guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like other radiance that we see come to their power in the first arc might be shifting into that kind of role yeah it's like i mean or they might be dead if kaladin (laughs) reaches the fifth oath like he's going to do that in the front five like he's not still going to he's going to be like i don't know how much of a like a foundational character arc he's going to have yeah if he is in the back half he's not going to change much yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's become Unless the person he, he needs to be and I, I guess you can sort of compare it with like what we see of Vesha in Stormlight because he's sort of a mostly complete character at this point and in, his, in his story we haven't seen all of that development yet but I feel like that's sort of that might be a role that Kaladin might take that's just character wise and he's sort of a tricky one because like he was originally conceived as yeah, yeah, a Stur- that's Stormlight true. character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, something like that, maybe. And, although like, although more won't... than, you know, a yeah, chapter. Of course we... mm-hmm. But like we won't mm-hmm. see uh, we don't see much character development happening anymore with Vesha because sort of Warbreaker and things are his prequel story, more or less. Right. So we might see more of him. Yeah. Might be more yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if like he has more in stormlight mm-hmm. he has to have a role like yeah 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 mm-hmm. brandon didn't conceive <laughs> vasher as 
Warbreaker. A grumpy ardent yeah. who like has two chapters in three books or whatever. Like he, he has a role to play in. in yeah, of yeah, course, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like like those books exist, so like Brandon could get Vasher to the point where he could do the cool things mm-hmm. he needs to do in yeah. Stormlight. Yeah. yeah. The other benefit to the back half is we're going to get like a 10, 15 year time jump, right? So when you start book six, presumably the world will have changed, right? And so we, and you will have to learn that backstory on whatever happened, right? In a pretty big time jump, right? So in in a sense, long-term readers will want to know what happened, but a newer reader, it's like, oh, I can kind of figure out what happened, uh, you know, in the last while, because he has to explain it yeah. there, right? It, it's because, like, we know Rhythm War, or, like, there's a time skip between yeah. Earthbringer and Rhythm of War, so it's like, it's it's going to be like that, but more. Yeah. So, <laughs> time spin. And mm-hmm. it also makes sense that, hey, if you start, like, if it's not a complete thing at the end of book five, but there are some things complete that you would obviously want to continue after book five. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if it's going to be like alternatively in a long running TV show, whereas like you, they start out with like a plan and like, this is the big bad. And then they eventually defeat the big bad and they pick, get picked up for another season. So it's like, they kind of have to scramble. For like, yeah. Like, <laughs> So that there was the bigger, new better. Big bad that is even worse than the old one, and like how sent the old big it's bad. It's still here. one yeah. series, but oh, like no. it's I, I got flashbacks to Supernatural. That is like... the one I was thinking of. <laughs> 18, 18 seasons of bigger and better, Oof. or whatever it is. It's fifteen Gosh. seasons, probably sixteen now because of Corona. But hopefully, I. I don't know better that brandon plot has these planned so that should be a lot nicer so it should hopefully feel that things are very connected so capitals yeah all right this one is from the dark one q a which uh if you pre-ordered dark one you can see that but uh otherwise you can't but Mm -hmm. alexis there asks how did the Knights Radiant treat their transgender members, assuming that uh, that some underwent a physical transformation once they gained access to Stormlight? Brandon, in the past, you will find the Radiants being way more progressive than the societies at large. They would treat the transgender person as a gender that they see themselves as being. Great. Good. Yep. Cool. Mm-hmm. That um, makes a lot of sense because probably mm-hmm. a lot of the societies in the shadow days or whatever you know <laughs> probably aren't that progressive and stuff but the radiance you know they get mm-hmm. a continuity of culture with the spren bond and your and stuff right yeah that's the 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 fact that they are dealing with spren so much also helps them have a, another perspective on gender because spren are not uh, do not have the uh, only two genders but four and so gives them a bit of a different perspective as well that informs their yeah. culture. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And and like the 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 core of the nice radiant is 
in almost all cases, hey, be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they would be they would be the kind of people who are empathetic to others, and they would listen to others, and they would protect others, and yeah, That's then nice. they would trap the <laughs> souls of others in a gem and hey. lobotomize them. Hey, look, <laughs> <laughs> look, Bottomishram had to go, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is a problem there were unintended side effects they didn't intend for that to happen ah <laughs> uh, yes it is it is in the unintended part of that yeah yes oh uh, listener wob love listener wobs i'm yes. excited uh so this next um question is also from the dark ones q a and it is actually a question that i have long held so i'm glad someone finally asked it this is good Oh, which is what form is a listener or singer? Because that's singer. the name of the species. <laughs> yeah, at birth, um, singers are technically dull form, but they kind of view it as child form, and it is vibrant and alive in a way that dull form later on is not. It dulls as you get older. The th- the singers, I think I have them hitting maturity right now at seven or eight. I don't know if that works with the continuity. I just mentioned it in the latest draft, so Peter and Karen will have to make sure that that's in continuity. This is in July, by the way. Yeah. Um, I don't bring it up a lot because it would be really weird to people, <laughs> but I think in these Venli sequences in the flashbacks, I think Venli right now is probably 14 because singers mature. like Their eight is our 16. They just mature faster. But I don't bring it up because it's one of those things, like the fact that I don't often mention that Boshar is 24, 20 hour days, or I stay away from the five day week, just because it really kicks people out. You've got to be really careful about how you write things like that. I'm like, Venli is 14. You'd be like, what? Venli does not feel 14. Right. Well, she's not 14. She's 14 for a singer. And some of these flashback sequences, she's 10 but she's going to read like she's 16 or 17 because that's what she would be in maturity level for a human. It gets very sticky in these sorts of things. The answer is they are dull form, but dull form acts differently with children. Super interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this, this quote unquote child form, right? If there's, mm-hmm. if there's some like, if they're like, I, I for, for some reason I, I keep thinking of, of Nalthus. Mm-hmm. And and so I wonder if as mm, singer children right. grow older and mature, they kind of like consume maybe extra innate investiture or whatever. Like, hmm. I don't necessarily believe this, but maybe the reason they mature faster is because they're born with additional innate investiture and then like they consume that to mature like faster. Gem heart or something. Because hmm. like if there's if they're born with this form, they don't have to like get a spren in their gem heart right like so it's kind of interesting i guess yeah unless unless there's a weird thing where the mother captures a spare spren or something like that i don't know about that Mm. yeah it's like right now i'm thinking that dull form don't have spren yeah no i don't think Mm. that seems likely yeah yeah Yeah. because because if you if you go out in the storm to transform and you fail your dull form uh then you, you come back actually, as no form, yeah. They actually talk about like uh, like when 
when Lee's and Eshna's mother has one of her sort of periods, she talks about how it's their the day of their first transformation and how they take their first spring, I think. So that's mm. pretty indicative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I would have to read up what exactly she says, but yeah. Yeah, there, there's probably some kind of like coming of age mm-hmm. yeah, cultural exactly thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't think sense. it's it's a biological, okay, well, you have yeah. orbited the star this many thousand times, or not the planet has rotated this many there thousand times. Uh, <laughs> Rashan's <laughs> celestial yes. physics is a little weird, but not quite that weird. <laughs> um and uh, therefore, you now have one day to capture a spread. Otherwise, you're uh, no. It's yeah, I mean, no. it's got to be like it's probably connected with the maturity, birthday. right? Like as like your yeah. if you become dull form, like now that you can have these new forms, right? Then it's like, mm-hmm. oh, right. Once the you start dulling, but not quite mm-hmm. until you reach dull form. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah. that kind of yeah. sucks. Yeah, and I guess so what I was about to say. Like they don't see a reason sort of to spawn the sprint yet yeah when you, when they're still not quite as dull and yeah but it it also makes me want to just uh, how long the lifespan of the singers is yeah like do they mm-hmm. just mature fast and then sort of plateau and get yeah. quite old or do they also die earlier Maybe yeah a earlier and i I don't know if we know that. Like, I think we. I know think that. it could go either way. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it can go either way. I, 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 I kind of just want to know how old their mother is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Super interesting. Uh, I was talking with David about this when uh, this this swap came out, uh, <laughs> and I do think it's probably a good idea to not like constantly mention those things because. Yeah. Readers will just get kicked out of a story. It, I kind of compare it to like in Way of Kings Prime, they talked about ten sets, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And I was, I was saying, look, when you have a lo- large learning curve, you just don't want to kick people out of the story for like dumb reasons. You want to make sure it's intentional that no, you really need this information. You don't need to invent words mm-hmm. and. Yeah. You don't need to constantly say, oh, next week, right? Yeah, that's that's five days later. Because like our human brains are like, what? No, that's mm-hmm. a week and a half yeah. isn't eight days, right? Like, <laughs> it's just weird, right? Something like that. Cool. Yep. What do we have next? Uh-oh. There's an asterisk. <laughs> There's an asterisk. The asterisk returns. 2020 Wobs, asterisk <laughs> returns. Uh, well, we abandon the singers to their dough form fate and return to the live streams and the return of the asterisk. Yep. Uh, Billy asks, does Allomancy have cognitive and spiritual manifestations as well as physical? And Brandon says, yes. Yes, it does. But asterisk. A little asterisk. (laughs) I'm trying to... What does this question even mean? Yeah. I think it's more like how Dalinar has spiritual oh, adhesion. Okay. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, and like iron and steel can push on metals. Like, it, so like, is yeah. there like a, 
way too spiritually push on metals. <laughs> well, maybe. the metals have spiritual integrity, so sure, yeah. why not? You push <laughs> and pull on the integrities of metals. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I see but what like, you're saying. Okay, we do yeah. know that emotional alamancy mm -hmm. does work on the cognitive aspect. Yeah. Like Atium has to operate on the spiritual aspect of yeah. things. So right, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I guess I guess the maybe not the real question, but a follow up question would be: Would the same metal have like different manifestations, different forms? Like, mm -hmm. can you yeah. can you have ATM do something that is purely physical? Uh, maybe maybe ATM is not the best example in this. <laughs> stabby stabby, but but. but. <laughs> Like that, that's problematic. Also, already seems to show that, like, probably not as much. Like, mm. it's not, there's not strong stuff there. Yeah, I think this, like, I, the asterisk is like, as a system, as a whole, mm -hmm. like, it yeah. touches all three realms, but it's not like yeah. each specific ability yeah. touches multiple things. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's like the You're physical metals are physical, the mental metals are <laughs> cognitive. Yeah. Yeah. And the enhancement yeah. ones are You're not weird. Have spiritual skills. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. What what does aluminum do? We don't know. How does it work? Okay, so uh, there was a San Diego Comic Con sort of virtual panel that branded yeah. um yep. a bit ago. And we also have a rhythm of all reading from there, so go check it out if you want. Yep. And so one of the and people could submit questions, of course. And one of the questions what questions was what kind of spren is Oathbringer the shard blade? <laughs> then we then we have Brendan just going off in complete autopilot mode <laughs> and saying like Oathbringer is not technically a spren. Why call these thing, things honor, honor blades? Blah blah blah. So he just confused those two. Of, yeah, he is for some reason assumes or like assumed at that point that. He was talking about honor blades and how they are not technically spren, but the spren who took sort of the model that the honor spren are and built after that model. And yep. while the honor blades don't have a spren, or you can't really think of them as spren, you they you may, may call them a sliver of honor, maybe. Ah. Yes. Ah. <laughs> why did you say sliver? Ah, no, Brandon, no, why? Stop no, it. Not. Definitely not capital sliver. Probably. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, maybe, probably. Yeah. Okay. The blade still probably, uh, you could say that it consists of tenavestium, and if you want to call it that. But yeah, so Brendan explains that he did just go on auto autopilot there and finally actually answers the question. And he says that um, Oathbringer, uh, he clarifies Oathbringer is not an honor blade. And it was a stonewalls blade a long time ago with the corresponding spren. Yep. Watching watching that stream, uh, or or VOD rather yeah. live, with all the other people in chat, and and just like people exploded. <laughs> it's like what? With, with, uh, Brandon says. Uh, it's like no. It's it, just did, did Brandon really say that? No, like no, mm. no, no. Brandon and was being dumb. And and also I like on the stream where he corrected himself, like he also flubbed like shard blade and honor blade again, but but he kind of it, it smoothed it over. It was fine. It was just yeah. really funny <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, 
makes sense yeah. honor blades god metal yeah. yeah it's a physical manifestation of a shards investiture not that interesting and stoneward blade for oathbreaker cool this next one shard blades cut organic and inorganic material differently how would they interact with an animated construct like an awakened straw man what about a lifeless very interesting because lifeless are gray like you know what happens <laughs> when you cut things with a shard blade brandon so i walk kind of a fine line here Something that's animated as a construct, like an awakened straw man, is probably going to block the shard blade to some extent, as powerful investiture would. A lifeless is probably just going to act like it was a living human being. A uh, living being. Sorry. Huh. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I know that Brandon says block to some extent. I think what he really means is resist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. As investiture does. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, invested yeah. metal mines would resist to an extent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's probably that same thing, which is interesting. I wonder if, like, lifeless, the standard lifeless that we see on Malthus <laughs> these days are the one breath lifeless. I'm almost wondering mm-hmm. if, like, those inefficient commands, like using more breath, because there's more than one way to make a lifeless. Uh, and, mm-hmm. like, Vasher, like, implied that, like, well, you know, there are some advantages to doing it that way. <laughs> so I wonder if those with more breath would uh, do the same thing. I do think you would have to mm-hmm. have a lot of breath for that yeah. to start having an effect. Yeah. Because it's really interesting. Like, yeah. I think like they behave fundamentally different. Like awakened yeah. objects and lifeless, I think, behave mm-hmm. fundamentally different. With the object, it is... I, I, this is difficult to put in words or even thoughts, but with the lifeless, it is you, you essentially have an inanimate object mm-hmm. and and like the investiture is almost like I, I imagine it as, as the investiture feeling oh god, I was gonna say a vessel, but that's such a charged word, especially yep, on Malthus. <laughs> yep. Uh, a container, right? And and then like moving that around. And so if you are slashing an awakened object, you are literally like pushing your blade against investiture. Whereas with lifeless, the way I'm trying to think of them right now is mm-hmm. the investiture becomes one with the body mm-hmm. the same way that a person's cognitive aspect and, and spiritual aspect, their soul and their mind are one with them. And so it's not like a human-shaped container that is being animated yeah. by investiture. Mm-hmm. It is something that is akin to a to a living thing. And, and yeah. it's, it, it's sort of like probably uh, somebody who holds a lot of uh, stormlight. That's just he what I was thinking. Is, yeah, he's, he's still as easy to... Yeah. Cut, or yeah. still behaves... The shard blade still behaves the same. It doesn't resist, really. Because mm-hmm. it's sort of part of the investiture. Sharp blades and are not... It's and it's like we see shard blades cut spread in yeah. Oathbringer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like they're literally investiture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is also well, weird. That but regarding the swap, like what is the divide or is there a dividing line between what's considered uh, or what distinguishes living beings from inanimate objects that are awakened in like is there, I, I think it's, and could you replicate it in an awakening? With lifeless, I, I think that is the replication. Yeah, but I'm thinking like something like Nightblood. If you could create something like Nightblood, but 
without using qu quite as much breath or investiture, they, if hypothetically that was possible. Do you get I, closer I think the to the problem that? with something like yeah. Nightblood is that it was never a living thing, mm -hmm. right? And and I think that's important here. Yeah, mm -hmm. true. Um, mm -hmm. The lifeless were lifed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. lifeful. Yeah, they they were alive. Yeah, it's it's hard using Nightblood as a precedent for mm -hmm. anything. Yeah, yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. It, it is very interesting where where that line is and how shard blades mm -hmm. know the difference. <laughs> <by cutting. laughs> it's like okay, sure, yeah. just it 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 this, does. This this question has been on my list TM for like four years. I want to say. <laughs> I mean, it's probably like some spiritual mumbo jumbo like baked in yeah. to what shard blades are cutting. It's like oh, stone. Yeah. It doesn't think of itself as organic, yeah. so it cuts it or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. right? Half puff perception identity investiture. Yeah. Yep. No, it, it's all that. Yeah. Connection. Anything Brandon needs to rationalize. We got that. We got it covered. Well, in the in the spiritual realm. Yep. Uh this uh, next one is from Storm Lightning. Awesome. How oh, the heck is Nails spread still with him? <laughs> is his spread as wacky as he is, or is it dead and he still carries it around? Brandon. Nail's friend is alive. The high friend, I would say wacky is probably a decent term for them. I would blame some of how Nail is acting more on the high spread. Hmm. Obviously, huh. it's partially being a herald in all the things he's gone through, but they're all on board for this. So read that as you will. Well, all. The ones that are making Radiance of the Order are on board for it. You'll get to see Seth interact with his just a little bit. There's not a ton of Seth in this book, but you've got a few chapters, at least one for sure. And he gets to interact with his friend, and you'll get a better picture of the high spren from that moment. Okay. That's interesting. interesting. I mean, the high spren were the ones who, they weren't a part of the recreants, right? So. <laughs> yeah, it. <sighs> It is it is really really interesting to consider the events with Neo and the Skybreakers and the High Spren during the Recreants and like who convinced whom of what and how things have changed in the past you know four millennia two millennia I guess. But I also sort of wonder if this is like how uh, you would blame some of how Nail is acting more on the High Spren and we know that Nail is an as a skybreak of the fifth idea or fifth or yeah. so and we sort of uh know or speculate I i'm not sure if you know but uh that the spirits spirit web sort of merge more and more the more you uh, the further you progress or maybe it's just a theory i can't remember but maybe it's something that sort of that your thoughts also become more in line with your spren somehow so you're sort of because you're so closely bonded, you affect each other much more, and so you mm -hmm. take on some of the views of your spren. I, I, I'm taking this more as like the high spren are telling him things oh. that are leading him down like a path of thinking, <laughs> rather than mind Definitely. melding. But it's just so it made me wonder whether that might be mm -hmm. an effect of. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. Because it's like, maybe. the way I'm reading it, it's like the heist run in general, not mm-hmm. his yeah. in specific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does make me wonder, like soul stuff with a spren bond yeah. when you're a herald, and just how all that mm-hmm. works. Yeah, it's got to be like a weird mishmash of stuff, <laughs> right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. like if you're a herald, your soul is just full of honor <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, honor is invested. Nail says honor. Honor has suffused them. Yeah, easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the high spren are probably reinforcing all of like the negative herald madness stuff because it's like oh you are acting more like us because you're insane but they think that's a good thing (laughs) yay that's not terrifying at all weird high sprint things and weird herald (laughs) things lots let's go to the next question the next question asks did the sun maker see visions of the storm father too the Sunmaker being one of the ancestors in the Alethi line who conquered like half the world. Yep. And did the hierarchy as well. Yep. Mm. Bren says, uh, he did not. Yep. The Sunmaker was basically my version of an Alexander the Great, or maybe a better example would be Genghis Khan, uh, or somebody like that. Uh, one of the great warlords in the past, he did not see visions uh, from the Stormfather. That makes sense. That's nice to have a confirmation yeah. about that. Because yeah. you could yeah. definitely interpret uniting the world as conquering all of it, right? <laughs> like, I think that yeah. is a thing that is possible. And the fact that he was, like, he ended the hierarchy where people were claiming wisdom um, yeah. from from the Almighty and, and, like, and visions from the Almighty. Yep. So, moving on to the next question. Uh, the question asks, Shard blades burn out the eyes of the victims and dead eyes have their eyes scratched out in Shadesmar. Is the connection here purely thematic, or are there actual realmatic mechanics behind it? To which Brenton says, there are, but they are pretty slight. I would lean more on the idea of the thematic, this more being a Rosha thing, with the eye color, the eyes being scratched out, shard blades burning out the eyes. There are some realmatic things behind this, but mostly it's me trying to connect a theme in this magic system. As you might know, maybe, maybe not, shard blades originally did cut flesh, I wrote the entire prologue with uh, uh, Seth and them cutting flesh, and oh boy, was that bloody. (laughs) (laughs) These are books about war, but man, it was just so gory that I'm like, I'm going to back off on this. Let's have it burn out the eyes instead. And I like it way better that way. And of course, Brandon would like it better that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like with lightsabers you never really seem to see all the blood but it's like oh it cauterizes it but yeah when you have blades that can cut through anything yeah if it didn't do this it would be really bloody all the time so that's probably for the best it's very funny to me just Zeph going through the palace and there's like a pile of limbs behind him yeah so this is this is better and and more creepy honestly to have eyes literally burn out like yeah. there's there's something for gore, but like eyes literally being like on fire and stuff. And it's like ooh, ee, that's creepy for a very different reason, you know. <laughs> so some theme with eyes, but it's like yeah. that makes sense. I guess if I, Brent had gone with that, uh, the prologue would have to be named something like Red Clothing Once White. Excellent, excellent. Oof. Um, I, I do I do wish he hadn't said that there was like a small 
realmatic connection. Like, mm-hmm. just just say it's purely thematic, Brandon. Like, don't don't make me think about weird eyes window to the soul type of stuff and how it works. In the, <laughs> well, the just... thing is, he uses realmatics to justify what he wants to be themes. <laughs> like, that's the thing, right? <laughs> so it's like. Yeah, any theme he wants is like, all right, let's make realmatics and the mechanics do that thing, right? Like, that's what it is. There's a rule for that. Yeah. 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 So this next one is one that will not surprise you to be from Argent. The heralds seem to be insane in the ways of their divine attributes, at least somewhat. Is this because they're heralds? As cognitive shadows, they're subject to people's perception, like how Spren are. And it says, that's a very astute question. And yes, that is influencing them quite a bit. I'm doing something here with the heralds. Like, I want the Herald's madnesses, as we call them, to be magical diseases. And the contrast of something like Kaladin's depression, which I'm trying to treat very real world. I'm trying to treat them as these things that couldn't exist in our world. They're fantastical mental diseases, like we have fantastic physical diseases in Elantris. So I did make them thematic, and I would say part of the reason for that is people's perception of them and their mental state reacting against that. And that should be a theme among all the heralds. Cool. There you no go. No matter what it any really... singular herald says, they're all crazy. They're all crazy. <laughs> I, I still remember they're the word man. of Brandon where Brandon's like, do not trust anything a herald says ever. He's like, seriously, no, don't do it. Because <laughs> they're always like, oh, I'm sane and Ishar is sane. Yeah, Ishar, he's he's known to be yeah, nice. Yeah. 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 He, he yeah. seems really sane when as Tezum. <laughs> he seems nice. <laughs> What's up? One one thing I find really interesting about this this word of Brandon is that uh, at the very end, Brandon seems to imply that at least one of the reasons for these madnesses is because the heralds' minds are pushing back against kind of the the collective perception oh, of the yeah, people okay. who are sure. thinking things yep. mm-hmm. about them, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, uh, sure. Which which feels like it's a it's a it's a, a thing in the Cosmere. Uh, except obviously not not in exactly this form, but uh, I'm reminded of uh, soul stamping and mm-hmm. how when I'll go with you on this one when when Shai is testing stamps on uh, Galtona, like Galtona's soul, I guess, but maybe also his mind is like fighting against like forced investiture essentially. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and and I'm also reminded of the Lord Ruler, whom, uh, like, whose real age was constantly straining against um, his like de-aging aluminum atium uh, compounding. Right. I, I can see the that connection uh, a little bit. I think this is almost more interesting because it's about like people's perception, right? And people's perception mm-hmm. influences Spren. And I guess the heralds are kind of like Spren, right? But they're also human, and so they're resisting that. And so that almost makes me wonder about Spren itself, if they can, right? I think it's like the Spren don't have this problem because like, they fully acknowledge themselves as like, we are ideas mm. that have come alive. Like being affected by people's thoughts, like that's part of their nature. Whereas like sure. the heralds were people, it's like, a person does not want to be affected by what Don't like other this. people think of yeah, them. Yeah, right. Like, ooh, I'm just imagining high school or something. It's like, ooh, yeah, no, that is not good. <laughs> not good. Yeah. And what has me interested with this swap as well as uh, implications for Kelsia, probably, because oh, he's yeah. also a cognitive oh, shader. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. Will be affected by 
all the religions he's inevitably created or sort of spawned. <laughs> That's a good point. And yeah. Good point. It is yeah. it is interesting to consider survivorism as not only a religion that is it, it, it it's a funny it's a funny vicious cycle, right? Kelsier <laughs> spawns a religion which is survivorism. And then the as the beliefs of the religion change and evolve and as the religion itself gathers like popularity, these things are circling back and potentially changing Kelsier. Hopefully yeah. for the better. <laughs> Maybe. I'm optimistic. Yeah. Kelsier, look, in in secret history, I got the distinct impression that Kelsier was about to become better. Well, I mean, I that's definitely a <laughs> raffo because I imagine <laughs> Lost Metal will have some of that. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Like with that Bands of Morning ending. Kelsier oh, yeah. lived past the point where he should have died or else become a villain. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's basically what it's... Yep. Mm-hmm. So this next one, if Vasher and Shashara had awakened a non-weapon in exactly the same way as Nightblood, say a shield, would the object exhibit the same properties as Nightblood? Brennan responded. So if you said destroy evil to a shield, no, it wouldn't be exactly the same. The command is the most important part of all of this, but the shape, how the weapon perceives itself... How you perceive it is all going to gonna play into this. They're go- playing with some real dangerous stuff when they made Nightblood, and it didn't go as intended. Any of you imagining like a like an evil Nightblood Captain America shield? <laughs> it's pretty great, uh, but that makes sense. Interesting that it's how the weapon perceives itself because like it does have a cognitive aspect, right? As a as humans use a sword, right? So that that's really interesting yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like a shield would probably be more focused on protection. Yep. Like destroying, like as a means to protect. Right. Rather than Nightblood, who was a sword. Mm. Nightblood's just happy to kill anything. I, I wonder if it's um, theoretically possible, right? That if you... So if you did the whole thing with a shield, right? And, and let's say if you are... If you're using the shield to like bash somebody maybe it would behave like a normal shield but if you are if you are blocking an attack Mm -hmm. then it would like vaporize the weapon that it's blocking because it goes oh this thing that's hitting me this is evil let's Mm -hmm. get rid of it yeah Mm -hmm. and i i wonder whether like awaking a shield with the command destroy evil would even it would i think it would require more breath at least because it sort of isn't is the it's not matching as yeah yeah, a sword destroys it it, it's matching its nature but uh, a shield is not naturally destroying stuff so there would probably be it would be a lot harder to awaken it to do i don't I th- I think no if I agree with that because hmm. it's like when it comes to shape it's the closer something is to the shape of the awakener it mm-hmm. becomes more efficient but that doesn't matter in terms of command like being True. suited That's... for the shape of the command like you you have to be able to envision the thing you're awakening doing that command like mm-hmm. as long as you can do that the shape doesn't matter true yeah yeah and that's probably yeah yeah, i see what you're saying ian that's probably the difficult part yeah destroy with the Mm -hmm. shield right you know like the visualization and stuff is probably 
trickier. <laughs> and I would definitely assume that the personality would be different. Mm -hmm. Hard to say <laughs> yeah. how. Looking forward to the sequel to Warbreaker, where we see S.H.I.E.L.D. awakened with the command, protect against evil. Well, I was just thinking <laughs> of just protect me, you know, like what, what would that do, right? A lot, lot of interesting like, things you could do. Twist your arm to actually block an attack. Ma ma makes mean. me think of the Rick and Morty episode where like Rick tells the car to protect Summer and it takes increasingly outrageous methods of just killing everybody around her who tries to approach the car. So It, it almost reminds me of Doctor Strange's cloak, you know? It's not mm -hmm. that old, yep. but yeah. it's like, it's yep. kind of an awakened thing. I mean, that, that's, like, that's basically what Vesha does like yeah, when he climb, grabs things and he climbs the wall. Climbs yeah. The wall yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Except uh, the cloak of levitation has a mind of its own, so it's closer to mm. my blood than... <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, but yeah, it's totally like that. Oh, I'm excited about let's this move next on. one! Next one. Let's talk about everyone's favorite planet in story. Well, I like this question. This question is very interesting <laughs> to me. Did the ones above seek out first of the sun specifically, or did they stumble upon it mostly by chance? And the answer reads as follows. So here's the thing. You can see in Shades Mar where planets with intelligent life on them are. So on one hand, you can stumble across them. But on the other hand, we're going to know which planets, which systems, and where the intelligent life is. Specifically, first of the sun has this uh, weird thing. It's got kind of a shard pool, but no shard in attendance. Getting there, they knew it was there, but couldn't get through. And so visited it in the physical realm intentionally. So they didn't stumble upon it, but it was originally stumbled upon in Shadesmar, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense that they mm -hmm. would do that. Yeah. And technically, based off of the Ar um, Arcanum Unbounded essay, like they could get there. They could go through the perpendicularity. But that perpendicularity lets out on Death Island and no one ever <laughs> came back. Yep. So that is... That makes a ton of sense that you would go scouting in the cognitive realm and then send your like FTL ships. It's like, I don't know how you'd know where it is in the physical, but uh, whatever. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, at There's this point, probably, they, yeah, hmm. they probably have like some understanding of how the cognitive maps to the <sighs> physical. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you could even and sort they of have a ballpark to like start searching. Maybe you could even sort of place something in the cognitive there and in the physical have a compass sort of thing that points at it. Okay. Yeah, like I, think, like... I think a beacon is more mm -hmm. likely. Yeah. Because, um, like, with, with the cognitive realm being very two-dimensional... Um, That's weird. When you... Because, when you, <laughs> like, let, let's say you were on, on Roshar, right? And there is a popular theory at this point, it may have even been confirmed, I don't remember why, that the... Um, the expanses around the Shades Mar, the, the subastral mm -hmm. of Shades Mar, correspond to other world, uh, well, like they the are. expansive yeah. vapor. Yeah, they are. It was yeah. revealed yeah. like, like yeah. five years ago. Yeah. yeah. And, and so if you're going from uh, the Rosharan subastral to, let's say, the Naltheon one, you know that you need to go, you know, this direction. And if you walk far enough, you get there. But like in the physical realm, the two planets are not i mean they're on the same 
plane because they have to be right because that's how planes work but they're not necessarily <laughs> oh, that sort of plane. yes <laughs> i thought you were talking about the galactic plane i'm like i mean we don't know that yeah no 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 yeah 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 but but they don't have to be yeah, I, I guess I can't if explain the three, that the well. The 2D for... to 3D is, is weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, you you lose the dimension. Yeah. But it is interesting. But I, I love the idea that's like, hey, just search out other planets of life. What's up? Easy. Yeah. It's easy. <laughs> Brandon has... Someone did ask Brandon on why everybody is so interested in the AVR, and he did mention something about them being useful for navigation. Huh. Which huh. doesn't help them find... The AVR the avr though there are avr off world before yeah. mm -hmm. because, because of rays so how that all works who knows avr's yeah. like whoa it flies in the perpendicularity <laughs> and ray's just like yeah i got him went through the perpendicularity i'm in the cognitive what's up i don't know that's also where the charter stand is that um yeah yeah of course dusk gets his charter yeah yep does he actually get chowder yeah, yeah, yeah. Has, we have had had her food and hate. Yeah, mm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> Interesting. So uh, we have another one from the Comic Con. Another question where the question asks: We know that Soulcasters Savants uh, exist, and Radiants are protected by the Nahal Bond, but not immune to becoming one. Can all searches cause becoming a Savant? Brandon says yes, they could. The question I then ask is if, uh, sort of, it's still the same question. Uh, can other fabrials, such as one that takes away pain and the one that offers regrowth, cause some sort of savanthood? And which Brendan says, those, I'll explain the distinction rhythm of war. I get deep into the fabrial science. There's a big distinction between those fabrials and soul casters that will become manifest. Let's say that what happens to soul casters is more likely to cause savanthood, savanthood and the side effects. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it sort of would fit because transformation also transforms you more mm -hmm. than other searches maybe do. Yeah. True, perhaps. Like, yeah. I don't like how this questioner lumps the mm. pain reel and the uh, regrowth. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, that's those not... are different. Like, that's probably why yeah. Brandon's going off and is like, those are different, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, hmm. yeah, that's interesting. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Looking, looking forward to spicy, <laughs> spicy febrile science. Yeah. Yep. I guess, yeah. Moving on. Yep. All right. <laughs> Next one. Questioner, you've mentioned before that Odium is, is scared of Harmony. Is it only because of the raw power of the two shards, or is he scared of what Harmony represents, meaning the possibility of merging two shards? Was he aware that this was possible? Brandon, he on one level was aware, but it was more of an awareness of this as a possibility. It actually happening is part of what has him scared. It's the idea of the two merging shards both being more powerful and finding a harmony, which Seizet is actually having way more trouble doing than Odium realizes. Those two things really have Odium scared, because partially this means he has to find a way to destroy or split harmony without taking up a second shard himself, because Odium knows that if he takes up a second shard, terrible things would ha will happen. And so he doesn't want to do that. Terrible things as he views them. So he's got to find a way to split this apart or somehow otherwise defeat. 
Now, the more he learns about Seizet's actual state, the less afraid he'll probably be. But that's an advantage that Seizet has right now. That makes sense. Yeah. Neat. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we, we did know that uh, Odium doesn't want to take up other shards because he, he really likes his shard, right? Uh, he doesn't want himself to change to be shaped <laughs> by another shard. So that's why he's destroying yeah. the others. So it, it will literally corrupt him. Yeah, <laughs> in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So this next one, we are back to the live streams. Yep. And this is after a question where Isaac and Steve Argyle, who is doing a lot of artwork for the way of Kings leather bound and well, the Kickstarter where they decide like which cards mere magic would they want. And they both pick light weaving. Yep. Because they're artists. Yep. So do you think anything in the future would change their minds on light weaving being the magic system they would want to have? Brendan? No. I mean, there will be other magics, but we have hit all of the core Cosmere magics except for the Aethers. And I don't think Aethers will be enough to tempt them away. Possibly. That would be my guess. I mean, there will be other little magics because I always have things like that that I'm writing. But there's only one major magic system that hasn't been used extensively on screen. Presumably the Aethers. <laughs> yes. And that is implied to be the Aethers, yeah. yeah. So kite magic is not going to be major. Cosmere <laughs> <laughs> magic? No, probably not. <laughs> Dang it. There, there goes my hope for the kite shard. <laughs> uh, that's very interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. Almost a little disappointing to me because we have mm -hmm. so many more shards. But I mean, I think even with other shards, like abilities, illusion magic, kind of like light weaving, mm -hmm. right? And, and that sort of thing. So probably not a whole bunch of different abilities left. I guess that kind of makes sense. And I mean, for a lot of shards, you already know that they're not necessarily invested anywhere, uh, like on a planet. So they wouldn't necessarily even, they would have, uh, they might have a magic system, but sure. we just won't get to see it because, yeah, they never manifested. And like yeah. the biggest and flashiest magic systems we have are where there's more than one shard on the right. planet. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. it's, and like, we've kind of hit all of those. Like, yep. most of the rest are probably alone i would say so yeah maybe aether i i might have two mm -hmm. i don't know mm -hmm. i would expect most of the shards to follow the agreement that they <laughs> thought they were gonna follow yeah cool cool uh the next question is somebody was asking about hornator white and um brandon says uh hornators are capable of drinking uh hornator white which is the super, super potent alcohol on Roshar. Uh, they actually are human-singer hybrids, like the Herdazians, but in a different line. Which and they have a different physiology. And they actually are not 100% human and are capable of eating and ingesting things that would kill a person. And Isaac Stewart, who was on the stream, asked, can singers also do that? Can they also eat and drink things that would kill humans? And Brandon says, yes. Singers can drink the horn eater white. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's that's kind of neat. Mm -hmm. Which yeah. I think is really funny. The fact that there's an alcohol <laughs> that can literally kill humans, but yep. the Unkalaki are just like, yeah, whatever. Unless, unless you have Stormlight, <laughs> easy peasy. But who knows what that was doing to Shalon's stomach. Uh, Shalon, we have a real, real problem with alcohol. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whale can deal with that. So. <laughs> okay, we have another question. This one is from B-Ball, and they ask, does the shard on Rosha have a beat representing it in, Shades- it in Shadesma? And they don't mean the vessel, assuming that the vessel is even considered separate. Uh, they are talking about the actual shard itself, to which Brennan answered, no, it does not. Good question. Which to me makes sense because like living things don't have a beat and mm-hmm. they have mm. these flames instead. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 And it's like the shards are primarily spiritual. That, yeah. that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And their power is yeah. like suffusing all three realms and so it just kind of doesn't make sense to mm. talk about right yeah <laughs> and i guess the flames people see in shades Mar, or the flames that are seen in shades Mar, are just the minds of, <laughs> yeah, of okay. the physical beings right right exactly it does when a person wonder... dies does that flame crystallize into a sphere that represents their course corpse I don't. Th- I think they just sort of snuff out. Yeah, I think where, where we see uh, yeah, flames uh, going away at least when they are in in, Col- in the Colina when they right. enter, yeah, yeah, go yeah. to the Orchid. Yeah, yeah. But, Do but we think corpses get spheres? Yeah, like I, I I see what you're getting at, and it's really interesting yeah. because yeah. especially considering that there's the tradition of soul casting. Yeah, yeah. What's the the bodies of of like. Light eyed officers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like one has to. <laughs> yeah. No, but hmm. like it has to exist. But where does it come from? <laughs> Maybe. Where do any of these fears come from? It it just sort of yeah exactly they they just manifest at some point and like it doesn't actually have to be the flame that gets to, turns into it because the corpse isn't quite there yet sort of it doesn't mm-hmm. like maybe it just pops up at some point. I think as I soon know. as an object is created, a beat is formed, right? And like once we yeah. perceive, as once soon... humans perceive, like if we're building a chair, yeah, right. Yeah, once true. we perceive it as a chair, then the bead is that was like a bead that is the mm. chair, right? Yeah, probably yes. Like maybe there's a little bit of transition time is for like mm-hmm. people to perceive it as such, but I would say mm. that. It's. I don't think it would be that uncommon for uh, beads to be created or destroyed just yeah. as people perceive mm-hmm. them, like all the time in the cognitive yeah. realm, right? Yeah. By that merit. Like, yeah, I mean, that gets into what is considered a hole and things like that. But um, if it was the flame that turned into the sphere, you could also have the that somebody is literally split in half, like the um, they're killed by being split in half, sort of, and. Would they get two spheres, or would the corpse get two spheres, or yeah? And what would have the, what effect would that have on the flame? So I guess it yeah. depend on people's perceptions yeah. uh, of yeah. everything. Yeah. But yeah, so like the flames are the actual like thinking, right, of mm-hmm. intelligent life, right? So I don't know. That's interesting. I I would assume that <laughs> well, a bead manifests uh, when mm-hmm. you become a corpse. That's what I would say. Yeah. Huh. Beads have to be coming in and out all the time. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I agree with that. What, what I was thinking is, so in Secret History, when Kelsier is walking, uh, I think, on a river or a lake, uh, he sees little flames under him, mm-hmm. which I feel like most of us assume are just fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and so it's not about like sapience or sentience. Sure. It's yeah. just something else. Mm-hmm. Well, presumably uh in that case the more thinking a thing has just the bigger the flame right in the cognitive Mm -hmm. and like a tree you know is not moving it's not doing very much and so it'd maybe be a very tiny flame or something i don't know something like that Mm -hmm. and an insect would have super tiny flames i don't know Mm -hmm. something like that yeah and it'd just be really hard to see like you couldn't even (laughs) see it if you're walking around but maybe if you got like a magnifying glass and shades more (laughs) maybe you could see them i don't know and i guess uh, that also makes me think like sleepless what what oh, they have yeah, flames look like would they have one oh. per kremlin and oh it's just all right really, moving yeah. on it's a good point to move on yeah yeah definitely, definitely. <laughs> all right last one last one we're done finally Bwall also asks how long after warbreaker does way of kings take place i know you usually don't finalize timeline details until they are actually stated in book but are you willing to say how far parts the books are in the current plans Brandon, I have Warbreaker happening a few generations before right now. However, I'm very likely to move Elantris <laughs> up in time, so it's a little in the air at the moment. So that's kind of interesting. I guess it at least puts an end to uh, it's sort of... Uh, it doesn't put an end to it, but some people were saying that maybe Warbreaker was just happening 20 years or so before Stormlight, but a few generations says it's for uh, or earlier than that mm-hmm. yeah probably <laughs> unless he changes his mind again what's a generation yeah, that, yeah. Vesher is getting old yeah mm-hmm. right because he's got about 300 years between the Manny War and the events of Warbreaker mm-hmm. yeah uh, he was alive bef- did, did he come back during no he, he must have returned before. a little before the yeah, yeah, oh, yeah that was because there was the five scholars and they were chilling for yeah who knows how long really it's, it's not clear <laughs> yeah honestly and then you have another few generations between warbreaker and and so this yeah. so he's 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 sitting in like five six seven eight hundred years at least something like that mm, ish yeah uh definitely more over over 400 for sure i would say yeah uh yeah. i wouldn't say necessarily over 500 but yeah 400 because it's yeah one of the early touchstones we had was that Warbreaker takes place after hero of ages yeah mm, yeah so that yeah. that does restrict like the upper bound of those several <laughs> generations could be mm-hmm yeah, I, I like how this question uh, is like, I know how you don't usually finalize timeline titles <laughs> as if Brandon personally is finalizing it. <laughs> it's like, Karen maybe, but you know. <laughs> uh, Karen probably has it in a timeline somewhere, but kind of interesting. Mistress of time. Because like, we kind of knew the vague order, but not like how far mm-hmm. they were relative to each other. And like Elantris was way far back, but maybe uh, with thinking about the Elantris sequels, he's like, nah, I gotta move it a little forward, right? That's what I would expect. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Cool. We are done with Wob, so it's time for Who's That Cosmere Character? 
This character is from Roshar. Menace. Yeah. Tom. Braze. Void in drag on a horse. <laughs> it's time for Who's That Cosmere Character? Call. Welcome to Who's That Cosmere Character? The game where you send five clues and a character to WTCC at 17shard.com. We read the clues aloud and these guys need to guess who's that Cosmere character. This first one is sent by Hishashi Coleman. And clue one, this character has access to an invested art. Bayon. It is not Bayon. <laughs> I want to say it now in case this is a trick question. Okay, go for it. Because I think having access is a... Mm-hmm. ambiguous phrase and it does not distinguish mm-hmm. out of like whether they have personal access or have access to someone who can do stuff for them okay um what you thinking i'm just gonna go ahead and say navani hey it's not navani i would hate you so much if you got a that would be really funny that would be really funny i would hate you yep um i'm gonna go rathen who has powers and has access to people with powers Clue two, this character is described as impulsive. Lift. It's not lift. Good guess. Uh, I will stubbornly refuse to guess Stormlight characters <laughs> and go with Diloff. It's not Diloff. All right. Yep. Kenton. Wait, let's... Uh, Kenton? Yeah, no, Kenton. it's not Kenton. Yeah. Kenton. impulsive. Uh-huh. Clue three, this character speaks with Hoyd. <laughs> A useful clue. Kind of. Kelsier. Well, makes it is not Kelsier. Makes it difficult not to guess Stormlight ones. Yeah. It's, it's true. Siri? It is Siri. Nice. Oh, hey. uh, the uh, next clue is this character is friends with a heretic. And this character never uses their invested art. So I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess... Mm-hmm. I guess if you have a breath, I guess you are awakening when you give it to others. I guess. Mm-hmm. And like, technically, everyone in the Cosmere has access to awakening as long as they get breath. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And like, she could awaken a lifeless. Yeah. She yeah. has that potential. She can do that. That is true. And are the royal locks? An invested art, yeah. maybe that also no. counts. No, I would not say so. I wouldn't I say I'm, so, yeah. I must no. assume that this is awakening. <laughs> All right. Next one. <laughs> Very similar clue one, but slightly phrased different. This character is able to use investiture. Oh. <laughs> Technically, I'm going to guess Navani again. <laughs> she can use investiture in Fabrials. So. It is not Navani. What do you mean again? You didn't guess her the first time around. I'm going to make Navani be guessed again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sil. It's not Sil. I'm going to go with Kaladin. It's not Kaladin. Clue two. This character is female. (laughs) Malada. It is not Malada. I like that, though. I was thinking her for... The last question, mm. but then it got. <laughs> yep. Mm. Yeah, with speaking to Hoyd. Yeah. Uh, mm. I'm gonna guess Marasi. It's not Marasi. Karate. 
Ugh, screw you. No, it's not her. Aonic. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. All right. Aonic. Yeah, well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm never going to do that. Uh, clue three. This character three. is dead. Oh. Give me the exact wording of the first one again. Yeah. This character is able to use investiture. <laughs> what does it mean to be dead in the cosmic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, as of the current books, she's dead. It's okay. I wouldn't overthink that. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't remember if she dies, though. <laughs> It is a character you would agree is dead. Okay. It's unambiguous. It is not ambiguous in any way. I'm going to get Sean (laughs) Elariel. It's not Sean Elariel. That's a good guess, though. That that fits. That fits. And I'm going to guess Win because she's the next dead. Who? Win. Oh, no, it's not Vin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ulida? No, it's not Ulida, but I like that. Uh, <laughs> clue four: This character sacrificed herself for another. Is it Blushweaver? It's not Blushweaver. Hmm. Okay, guess. so the, the clues are: Can use investiture. Mm-hmm. Is dead. Sacrifice themselves. And female. And female. Okay, that was the one. Yeah. <laughs> one that- yeah. yeah. I imprinted that, like, oh, this character is female without remembering that was one of right, the Right, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, my guess would have been Light Song. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Tindwill? It is not Tindwill. I really like that guess. Oh, nice. It's a good guess. How is it not Sil? What the hell? Sil. <laughs> it's not dead. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that's a valid point. It's I a pretty valid that. point. <laughs> <laughs> she she's pretty alive. I, I don't know, man. Okay, I, I I think that does contradict my theory. Yeah, I think so. It's not so. <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't have investiture. <laughs> oh, is it is it just me? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, in that case, Maya. It's not Maya. <laughs> Clue five. This character has something special named after her. Mare? It is Mare. There you go. Uh, nice. Yes. Yeah. So Mare was uh, Kelsier's wife. She was a tin, and she was a tin eye, right? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And sacrificed uh, herself. So yeah. there you go. That was I a am... solid one, I think. Yeah, I'm very was... pleased by both of these. Yes. Unambiguously yeah. dead, right? Yeah. Just definitely <laughs> dead. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Everyone will agree she is dead. Yeah. Clue, I was clue number one. Uh, Elonoe of the Irie, mm. the leader. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> we're done. We're done with lobs. Woo! We did it. We're, we're caught up and <laughs> there, there no won't more be. New ones for a while. Well, I mean, I guess there'll be more live streams, so we'll do some eventually, <laughs> but it will not be soon, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, these uh, all have been non spoiler live streams, technically, so 
Yeah. You'll probably get a few more spicy ones in the spoiler-filled ones. Yeah, yeah. some spoilery um, ones well, after the, the, Rhythm of War, maybe. The San Diego mm -hmm. Comic-Con was spoiled. Yeah, okay. that yep. was, yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, you can find us on 70shower.com for all your news, discussion, theories, and fun that you could ever want. Uh, you can join us in Discord. It's super fun. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube. You can leave us a review on iTunes if you like our stuff. Mm -hmm. You can support us on Patreon. Links below. Uh, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Farewell. Bye. Ciao.